Hello, and thank you for listening to Texas History for Kids. I'm your host, Michelle Gallegos, an educator, writer, history nerd, and novice investigator. Each week on the show, we will learn about interesting parts of Texas history, from battles and historical figures to the odd and enchanted. Alrighty, alrighty, we are going into episode number nine. Welcome back, guys. Today's episode is entitled Big Bird in Texas? What? Today's episode takes us to parts of Texas where people have claimed to seen Big Bird. That's right, Big Bird folks. Okay, just kidding, not really. We're not talking about that yellow guy on Sesame Street. This particular bird is something people say is not a normal bird. In fact, some believe it's some sort of prehistoric bird from millions of years ago. Others say it's just something out of this world. So let's go back to the year 1976, almost 47 years ago, friends. There are several stories from the 1970s that tell of the same thing. A giant bird, almost the size of a car, had flown across the sky. The size of the bird seemed to be the same. However, the face and the bird's body were slightly different. So back in those days, there was no internet or cell phones. People just used their words to describe something they saw. Or maybe they would draw a picture of it. If they were lucky, they would go grab their 8mm camera, take it to a place that would develop the film, and finding out that all they captured was a blurred image that could be very hard to prove what it was. By the way, it was also very rare that someone just had a camera lying around in the split second that a giant bird just happened to fly across the sky, especially in the 1970s. Not like today where we have our phones to capture pretty much everything. And this is why there is no evidence that Big Bird even exists other than the eyewitness accounts. So let's go ahead and talk about some of the stories where people have claimed to see Big Bird. In Harlingen, Texas, one girl saw the bird flying over her house, describing it as a huge bird that just covered the sky. That same day, a man reported giant bird tracks in his yard. In 1976, a police officer saw the bird as well, this time, it was at least 5 feet tall and had a 12-foot wingspan. 12 feet is about the same size as a volleyball net from end to end. According to the website Cryotopia, one man was knocked down by the giant bird, saying it grabbed him with his huge claws and dug into his shoulders, ripping his shirt. The oddest part is that he said the bird's face looked like a gorilla with leathery skin like a bat. In Del Rio of that same year, 1976, two people were fishing and they saw a bird. They described it as black with long legs and a long neck. One of them said it wasn't like a bird at all because it didn't have feathers. In that same year, the bird was spotted again in Eagle Pass, Texas. This time it was six feet tall and had a brownish black body with bright red eyes and bat-like wings. So now we're going into a type of bird that doesn't really identify like a bird. It has bat-like wings. A Harlingen man found the bird's three-toed footprints that measured eight inches long in his backyard. Think about that. About the size of a notebook paper that you might use in school. That's eight and a half inches wide. The bird's prints were almost as long as that. 
That is a large bird, my friends. A group of teachers who were not all in the same location at the same time said they saw a large bird about the size of a small airplane. They even claimed it looked like a pteranodon. A pteranodon is a prehistoric flying reptile with a wingspan of 23 feet long. Wow, can you imagine driving along, minding your own business when wham, all of a sudden you see a huge lizard with wings flying above you in the sky? Holy moly, I think I might be yelling for my mama to come help me. So anyway, the pteranodon had a toothless jaw and its beak or bill was similar to a pelican that you might see at the beach. It had a small body and huge eyes with excellent sight for viewing its prey in the ocean waters. However, the pteranodon went extinct 66 million years ago. So how in the world could it be flying in the 1970s over Texas? I'm not saying that these people did not actually see this animal, but what I'm saying is, what could it have been? What's the common theme here? Well, most of these bird sightings have been seen in the Rio Grande Valley. The Rio Grande Valley is known for having some of the best bird watching in Texas. Some of the tropical bird species found in the Rio Grande Valley cannot be seen anywhere else in the world. Many people flock to the Benson Rio Grande Valley State Park to get a glimpse of these birds. You'll get a chance to see the gray hawk, the white-tipped dove, and the northern beardless tyrannulate. If you like to watch birds, this is the place to go. It's located in Mission, Texas, and it is a wonderful way to experience nature. If it's not a pteranodon, and if it's not some prehistoric mythical creature, what else could it have been? How in today's world could people see a dinosaur bird with an ape face and blood red eyes soaring in the sky? I don't know, but all I could think of when I read these stories are the monkeys in The Wizard of Oz. I know I'm probably dating myself way back. Have any of you seen The Wizard of Oz? Please tell me you have. Anyway, those monkeys, totally creepy. But nonetheless, that's what comes to my mind. I did some more digging and read about a few birds that exist today who might be the culprits of the elusive flying reptile with red eyes and giant talons that knock down grown men. So I came up with three different birds that exist today. The first one is the Jabiru. It is a massive bird at about four and a half feet in length. However, it has a white body with a black head and an orange band around its neck. He has dark brown, almost black eyes, and its bill is massive and huge, but it's also black. The reports I read did not mention a large beaked bird. In fact, one guy said his face resembled a gorilla, which doesn't have a beak at all. Another said the bird's beak was almost translucent or see-through, like it didn't even exist. Well, Jabiru's also fly high above. Sometimes they even soar like a vulture. Outside the breeding season, some small flocks congregate with others. When breeding, they're pretty much solitary and they fly alone. Since the Jabiru tends to fly alone, it could have been the bird that was seen in the sightings. That's really the only thing I could gather as far as the Jabiru is concerned. Another suspect on my list would be the blue heron. But again, it only fits the profile because of its large size. 
It can grow up to five feet tall. That's how tall I am, by the way. And it has a six and a half foot wingspan. Despite their impressive size though, blue herons weigh only five to six pounds, thanks in part to their hollow bones, which is a feature that most birds do share. This feature alone might take him off the suspect list. Remember the guy who was knocked down by a big bird? I'm not sure that a five to six pound bird would have the force to knock down a human. The blue heron has a gray body with the black stripe on top of its head and it has a long beak as well. According to the website All About Birds, great blue herons aren't likely to visit a typical backyard, which is where most of the sightings occurred. However, they are sometimes unwelcome visitors to yards that include fish ponds. There are also no piercing red eyes or black feathers with this bird. It also flies near water areas like the Texas coast or rivers looking for food sources. So unless these people had large areas of water in their backyards, chances are it was probably not the blue heron. So the last suspect on my list is the whooping crane. The whooping crane grows very large. Actually, it is considered the tallest and rarest bird in North America. It has a wingspan of 10 feet long. However, whooping cranes are mostly found in Texas coastal cities during the winter at the National Wildlife Refuge near Rockport, Texas, but they are known to fly inland. It is a protected species and it is illegal to hunt a whooping crane in the United States and Mexico. They are considered endangered because most of their habitats happen to be in areas where there are power lines, bird hunting, and habitat loss because people are essentially building on their land and taking away their habitat. In 2019, it's estimated that there were only 700 wild whooping cranes left in the population and 153 are being held in captivity to preserve the species. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife, the best way to help the whooping crane species survive is to make people aware that they are endangered. And if you see one, be sure to report it to the Texas Nature Trackers or the Texas Whooper Watch page or email them at tracker at tpwd.texas.gov. If any of these sightings were actually that of a whooping crane, we know that they are a protected species, so it's good that nobody decided to shoot down this bird, this big bird flying across the sky. However, let's go over some questions that they might ask you about observing the whooping cranes, because these might have been beneficial to ask those Rio Grande residents in the 1970s. If you were to see a whooping crane or any other elusive big bird in Texas, this Questionnaire is pretty much for whooping cranes only, though. Um, you might be asked these questions. They might ask you to count. How many did you observe? Was it a group of them? Was it one? Was it two? Was it 15? How far away was the animal when you observed it? In distance. Was it feet or miles? How far away was it? What about its habitat? Were you able to get a description of what type of body of water it was near? Was it near a farm, a pond, a lake, or a reservoir? Maybe it wasn't even near any type of water. 
Maybe it was near a grassland or cropland or woodland. Another thing they want to know is were there any hazards present? Like, do you believe that there were hunters nearby or power lines or were there any aircraft flying? What about its behavior? Was it flying? Was it feeding? Walking? Roosting? What was it doing at the time that you observed it? What about its well-being? Did you observe any apparent injuries or illnesses? Did you see that its legs were working fine? Maybe its feathers were missing? Maybe its beak was chipped? These are things that they might ask you if you actually observed the whooping crane. Anyway, these are just cool things to take note of if you ever are near that region of Texas and are able to see one. So, I began to think about what these three teachers said when they saw a pteranodon. A pteranodon is a prehistoric flying reptile. My research indicates that it is not of a dinosaur species, but it did live during the Cretaceous period about 66 million years ago. And scientists have found fossils of pteranodons in North America in states like Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming, but not in Texas. If anyone knows of a bird that resembles a pteranodon, besides the three that I've already discussed, let me know. I'd be interested in researching it. I can only come to the conclusion that this elusive big bird that has only been seen by a handful of people could just be another Texas legend or myth. Fantastical at that. But I guarantee you this. If I ever saw one flying over my house, I would definitely not hesitate to run. Well, today you learned about Big Bird. Not the Big Bird, but about sightings of a certain Big Bird that could possibly be legend or real. I'm not sure that we'll ever know. So this week's question is, have you ever seen something that you weren't able to prove was real? What did you think it was? Tell me about it. And I just might discuss your answer in one of my upcoming episodes. Don't forget, send me an email, michellegallegos.author at gmail.com. If you or your child has received valuable information, please share the show with other friends who might find it interesting. Are you an educator looking for a way to engage your students in more listening or reading comprehension? Did you know that most of my podcasts have a link to free resources for listeners? Since my podcast only lasts about 15 minutes or less, students can listen during waiting periods and they're great activities for those fast finishers. Head on over to my website for all the goodies, michellegauthor.com. Remember, yesterday is today's history. Thank you for listening.